I dressed up today for a reason. I dressed up today for a very specific reason, not to draw attention to myself, but I feel like today the Lord has brought me here, uh, and if I could have just a little more in this monitor, I feel like the Lord has brought me here not only to teach on strength as we have all weekend long, but I believe the Lord has brought me here this morning as an envoy and an ambassador from the King to say to this church, from the King, I am very pleased with you. I have watched the way you have walked through the valleys this year. And the king wants you to know today that he is extremely pleased with you. And when the Lord sent me into the White House on two different occasions with a few other ministers, upon the invitation of two different presidents, I dressed up because it was the protocol that when you're representing a king to leadership who has done a good job, that you should do that. And when I got up this morning, I thought, well, Lord, I'm going to wear this, I'm going to wear that. And he said, no. He said, I told you to bring your black suit and that new funky tie. I don't even know the Lord knew that word, but I'm sure he did. And he said, I want you to dress up because cancer has not stopped the people of Solid Rock. Abandonment has not stopped the people of Solid Rock. Discouragement has not stopped the people of Solid Rock. Oppression has not stopped the people of Solid Rock. And I'm not, I'm not giving you words from my mind. I'm here as an envoy for the king. And he said, you dress up because when you address the people this morning, you will be my ambassador to special force troops that I am getting ready to pay back seven times over for everything they have walked through in 2015. And I want you to grasp what I'm saying. The king says to this church collectively, and if you're our guest today, you sure showed up on a good day. But the Lord says, I'm getting ready to bless them collectively, corporately, individually. I'm getting ready to bear my right arm of strength and show myself strong to them, in them, and through them. And he said this to me. He said, you have taught what I've told you to teach them in the seminar this week. But he said, this morning, you won't use PowerPoints. You will meet me at Isaiah 40, and we will teach them together. But it will be more than teaching. It will be a delivering of an official word 
as an ambassador of the king. And so I've spoken that today. And that's why I dressed up, because God considers this church and these pastors. Well, I feel this. And the people that have surrounded you during this time, as well as you yourself. And the Lord just wants me to tell you that He is extremely impressed. Oh, if I were you, I'd rejoice about that. Because when you, because when you impress the King, he tends to become very generous, very generous in his anointing, in his presence. Well, I don't know what it is when I'm here, but i got to walk up and down the aisles all the time. In his anointing, in his presence, in his opportunities, in his opportunities, all those years, man, all that midnight oil, all that study, I understand that, know about that, opportunities. He's getting ready to, him to bring opportunity. I'm trying to get to the teaching point, but I'm so caught up as an envoy of the king today. And I think that's why the Lord wants me to just walk around and tell you, he's impressed. He's impressed. You haven't abandoned. You haven't walked away, the king says. You've hung tough. You've hung very tough. Very, very tough, young lady. Very, very tough. Don't worry, folks. I'm going to teach you a little bit in a minute. Let's just let Jesus do what he does. Can I hear an amen? amen. You have hung very, very tough. And Jesus isn't through blessing you. He's not through blessing you. And your precious little one. He's not through blessing you. Stretch your hand out toward her right now. I'm just serving at the, at the direction of the king today. I believe in preparation, but he just told me, go and show up and dress up and do what I tell you. Because it's a special day at Solid Rock. Amen. And Jesus is not through blessing you. Not at all. Not at all. The crucible you've walked through has created something in you that you don't even know is there yet. But the crucible you've walked through has created something in you. Wow. And the king wants me to tell you that the anointing that flowed in you during this real time of trial, that anointing flowed into your baby even before that little baby was born. And there's an anointing resident in that precious one. Father, I, I ask you in the name of Jesus that what you have begun, 
you will absolutely perform. Daniel, I come into agreement. I come into agreement for that. In the name of Jesus. Okay, just raise your hands and praise Him for a minute, and then I'll teach. Come on, just raise your hands. Come on, just use your voice. Just use your voice. Just use your voice. Oh, thank you, 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 thank you. Come on, just praise Him. Just praise Him. We're going to meet in Isaiah 40 and walk with the Holy Spirit for a few minutes here. And he's going to bring strength. But just I dare you, just use your voice and give him praise in the house today. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, I'm obeying you today. I know you believe in preparation and I've prepared. And I've given so much of what you want me to bring. But I'm obeying you today, Lord, and we're meeting with you in Isaiah 40, and we're going to walk through some of it together, and I'm ready to say whatever you want me to say, and the people are ready to receive. And, Father, I pray when I finish the teaching that there will be an exchange of strength and that our weakness will go to you and your strength will come to us. I decree and declare emotional strength, relational strength, marriage strength, financial strength, every dimension of strength that is needed corporately and individually. I decree as an ambassador of the king that it will be done today in Jesus' name. And if you believe that, give the Lord a praise offering and be seated. Oh, give him your best. Give him your best. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Well, turn over to Isaiah chapter 40. And as pastor said, he's asked me to allow you to sow into ministry, but we'll do that at the end. I just feel like, and I told him on the way when he said, I want you to have the people to sow into the ministry of strength and wisdom. I said, I don't know when I'll do it. I'll just flow with the spirit of God. He said, oh, he said, that's what we want you to do. And uh, it's always been my pleasure to be here. You are one of a few, a very few covenant churches that now I've got a lot of covenant, what I call covenant church, but you're one of a few covenant churches that I've committed to come to every year until you don't want me to come anymore. <laughs> and I hope that doesn't happen, but I've committed to come to you every year because I feel that our DNA is mixing. And I feel like, well, there's too much running through me today, man. Way too much running through me. But I feel like God has brought us together to not create just instantaneous things, but generational legacy. Generational legacy. And Apostle Nelson, we're going to do things together. Pembroke won't be the only thing, whatever it is. You told me about it. It won't be the only thing. We'll do things together. We'll do things together. Lord, you're going to have to focus me here when you pour me a whole lot of stuff in me. I just really need uh, focus. Some of you say, Brown, what's the matter with you? You didn't sleep? No, too much. 
Not too much sleep, too much stuff, too much stuff flowing through me. Too much stuff flowing through me. I'm not weird. I'm just listening. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Before I teach today, I just want to tell this family, the Lord's not through blessing you. He's not through blessing you. And uh, he sees you. I know you're a law enforcement agent. And he sees you as a, as a deputized agent of the king. And he recognizes that he's put authority in your life. And uh, in both of you. And that which the enemy seemingly has stolen, God will restore greatly. 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 And... Uh, his eyes on you. His eyes on you. And I just, uh, I had to stop and say it. And he wants you to know it. Wants you to know it. Praise God. So you say, well, Brother Mike, this is a little bit different. You just, uh, I've tried to start teaching twice. Now, third time. I'm not even going to look up. Third time. <laughs> well, we're ready for the word. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40. Just go over there. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. I don't know if we're, uh, are we capable of doing that? Good, 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 good. Wonderful. I'm going to start walking through this, and the Holy Spirit will stop me, and I'll teach as we go along. And then we're going to come into the altars toward the end, and I'm asking God, even though there was a disbursement of strength last night in the altars, I believe today at the end of this strength seminar that God is going to do an infusing of strength in your lives. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak comfortably to solid rock and cry unto her. I know it says Jerusalem, but that's the way the Lord wanted me to say it. Speak comfortably to solid rock. And cry unto her, listen to this, this is the Lord's message to you. Your warfare is accomplished. If you understand prophetic rhema word, I'm going to say that again. Your warfare is accomplished. You have fought the fight, and from this moment forward, saith the Lord, the battle is the Lord's. You have fought with me against enemies to this point, but tell Solid Rock that her warfare is accomplished and her iniquity is pardoned. And I don't feel the Lord saying that there's been iniquity or lawlessness or sin. I'm thinking he's reminding you that your past doesn't have anything to do with your future. Your iniquity is pardoned. And the Lord would further have me to teach and say this to you, that because some negative things have happened in your life, cancer has come to attack. 
Some have lost loved ones. Some have had financial setbacks. And the minute it happened, the enemy tried to remind you of what you used to be and how you failed God and how you sinned. But the word of the king through an envoy sent today is this. Your iniquity has been pardoned. Stop dwelling on what you did what you used to be, well, if I've ever had a prophetic word for a church, Nelson, I've got it today. Stop looking back and trying to associate with the attack of the enemy is doing against your life today on some failure you had in your yesterday. Your iniquity has been pardoned. Your sin is under the blood of Jesus. It has been blotted out. It is removed from you as far as the east is from the west, and he never will intend to remember it for a millisecond again. Your warfare is accomplished. Your iniquity is pardoned. For she, solid rock, has received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Now, I want you to understand this isn't just teaching. I'm, I'm, I'm prophetically teaching. And the Lord says to tell you, in solid rock today, corporately and individually, for all of the sins the enemy tries to keep reminding you of in your past life, that uh, the Lord's getting, back, getting ready to give you double blessing for what the Lord did. Now, I understand in Isaiah that it means two things, that they had received judgment as a nation, but that God was also going to receive double blessing. Jesus took our judgment for us, so solid rock, here's what the Lord's saying today. Your warfare is, is done. Hallelujah. Well, some of you ought to really get excited about that. Your warfare is done. Brother Mike, does that mean the enemy isn't going to attack? No, it just means that the current warfare is done. The current warfare is done. And you're not going to have to fight it. The Lord's going to fight it for you. The battle is the Lord's, and he will give, he'll give it into your hands. The warfare is accomplished. Your iniquity has long since been forgotten by the Spirit of God. And he's getting ready <laughs> to give you double for your trouble. He's getting ready to give you double for your trouble. If you believe the Lord God, you'll be established. But if you believe this prophetic word, you're going to prosper in, what? in Isaiah chapter 40. Pastor David, the Lord just said to me to give you an instruction. I want you to get all of these verses, and I don't even know what verses I'm going to cover today. We're just going to see. But all of these verses, I want you to get them, and I want you to put them. Get them. He can do anything in this dimension. And, and I want you to get them on a, big, on a big plaque some way, you know, graphically designed beautifully. Big. I want it big. And I want it to be posted in here somewhere. And I feel like that you're supposed to lead the congregation in these verses, different verses, every Sunday, out loud, decreeing it. Our warfare is accomplished. I know this is different today, folks, but let's flow with what God wants to do. And, and lead them in it. Our warfare is accomplished. Our iniquity is pardoned. We will receive double. And, and I want you to begin to decree that.
and walk into that because I believe that 2016 can be a phenomenal year if you'll believe this prophetic word. Can I hear an amen? Verse 3, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's what I'm doing today. Get ready. Get ready for what the Lord wants to do next in your church, what he wants to do next in your life. <laughs> the Lord's been doing some strange things in me, John, last night and this morning. And when I just read that scripture, and I'm just following the Lord today. None of these are prepared remarks. I'm just doing what the Lord's telling me to do. And when I said, Nelson, I said, tell him to get ready. And all of a sudden, T.D. Jakes came into my mind. And the Lord said, do it the way he does it. So here I go. Get, 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 get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I love it when he does that. <laughs> get ready. The Lord says that I've sent an envoy to you today to prepare and to tell you to get, 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 get ready for the way of the Lord. Make a straight place even in the dry places of your life for God is about to enter on that highway. Verse 4, every valley will be exalted. Do you know what that means? Every depressed area in your life, God's getting ready to pump it back up again. Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and even the hills. What's that mean? The mountain in your way. The mountain obstructing you. Where you can't see what tomorrow holds. Every mountain and even the hills are going to be brought low. And in the original Hebrew, if I'm remembering correctly, the tense of it is this, instantly brought low. Boy, I sense that in my spirit. There have been some fights. There have been some mountains that some of you have been fighting against for a long time. And, and it seems like the Lord's been chipping away at it. But there is coming, <laughs> there's coming a dynamite explosion to some of your mountains. And, and your faith has been strong, and you've been patient, and you've said, well, Lord, we'll just keep chipping away. We'll just keep chipping away. We'll just keep chipping away. And the mountain's getting a little smaller and a little smaller, but it still looks pretty big. And the Lord says in Isaiah 40, the mountains and even the hills shall instantly be made low. Boom. To the point that nobody will be able to doubt that it was God that did it. You understand what I'm saying? It's one thing for us to exercise our faith and just see God chip, chip, chip away, and that's good and that's wonderful and God does that. But that verse says, oh, I know you've done that, and I appreciate your faith, and I've been working with you, and we've been chipping it away. But because you've been faithful, because you haven't moved, because you haven't denied my name, because even in the pain of your experience, you hang on to me, and you loved me, and you honored me, and you worshiped me, I'm tired of chipping away. Way. And the Lord says, every mountain will be made, boom, low. And even the hills. He said, I'm not even going to leave you a hill. 
He said, I'll take down the mountain. And I mean, there won't be new mountains in the future because you'll be going into greater things. But he said, some of the mountains that you've been chipping away from, anybody grabbing a hold of this? You've been working on it. You've been thinking on it. You've been praying about it. You've been chipping away at it. You've seen a little progress here and a little progress there. But the Lord said in Ezekiel, there will come a time when I will no longer postpone my word. And I believe the Lord is getting ready to do some major things to where even the people that don't believe in the Lord will look at you and say, it had to be something different. They couldn't have done that on their own. That business couldn't have happened on their own. They couldn't have had that on their own. They couldn't have had those opportunities on their own. That relationship was going nowhere. And all of a sudden, they're in love with one another again. All of a sudden, where there was not fertility, there is fertility. All of a sudden, where they've been up against a mountain and they haven't been able to break through, the mountain has been made low. And even those that don't really know the Lord will begin to sing if they knew the song. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He's healed my body. He's touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm oh, ever since last night. Ever since last night, I'm in this mode. So, folks, this is what you get today. Get in the boat. Where was I? And then he says, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. That means the rough places are going to smooth out for you. Hallelujah. I didn't know what all the Lord had to say in Isaiah 40. He just said, meet me at Isaiah 40 and deliver my word to the people. Now start believing this. Start believing, but, 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 Brother Brown, but, 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 no, get that out of your mind. Get the but, but, but out and get a, and I believe it. You know, don't, don't sound like an old Evan Rude <laughs> outboard motor with a foul spark plug. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And you pull it and it's. But, 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 and you're going across the lake, you get in the middle of the lake, and it dies. <laughs> Kick the Evan root over, buy a mercury, and when you start it, it goes, and I believe it. <laughs> get your eyes off of the problems. Get your eyes off of the rough places where it's been bumpy. I know it's been bumpy. I know it's been bumpy as a church this year. There have been churches that would have disintegrated facing some of what your church has faced this year. But you've been faithful. You've walked. You've loved one another. You haven't judged one another. You haven't criticized one another. And God wants me to say to you again, he's highly impressed. <laughs> Whoo, if you only knew what the king would do for you when he's highly impressed. So he says the rough places... Lord, we're going to have to, how much you got here for me, Lord? The rough places will be made plain. You still here? And solid rock, the glory of the Lord will be revealed in you. 
God says, I'm going to give a new measure of glory for you. If you'll believe me, the glory, the honor of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Not the mouth of a little 183 pound Missouri boy from the United States. He's just the microphone. The mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And then I want you to jump down. To verse 9. Oh, Zion, but I'm going to say, oh, solid rock that bringeth good tidings, get up into the high mountains, oh, Jerusalem, solid rock that brings good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength. Say that phrase with me. Lift up your voice with strength. Strength. Say it again. Lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Abbotsford and Vancouver and what are some of the others? Whistler and Langley, Chilliwack, Surrey, Mission, Hope. Say under British Columbia. <laughs> Behold your God. Now listen, this is a word for solid rock today. Behold the Lord God is coming with a strong hand. Oh, if you don't shout, I'm going to do your shout and mine too. He's coming with a strong hand. He's not coming as the meek little Jesus boy wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. He's coming as the Jesus to solid rock that stood outside of the tomb of Lazarus who had been dead four days and in a loud voice ordered the dead to come forth. And the Lord would say to you that some of your prodigals that are dead even now to relationship to you and dead in relationship to the Lord, the Lord is coming with a strong hand and his arm and he's going to call forth and many of your prodigals will come home in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And shall rule for him, verse 10. Behold, his reward is with him. Get ready for reward. Brother Mike, I didn't, I don't serve God for reward. Quit taking God's pleasure away from him. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See, that's still religious tradition that we've got in our head. I, didn't, I give my life to him and just to get to stay out of hell and go to heaven would be enough. I don't expect any reward. I sow my seed, but I don't expect any harvest. Do you know what you're doing when you have that attitude? I know that sounds good, but it's so dead wrong. It's, it's, it's so totally against Scripture. Jesus, let me ask you this. How many of you believe John 3, 16? This isn't a trick question. How many of you believe John 3, 16? 
God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. You believe that. Why do you believe that? Talk to me. Come on. Just why, why do you believe John 3, 16 is true? Yeah, it's in the Word of God. All right. Well, if you believe John 3, 16, you're going to have to believe Luke 6, 38 too. Given and shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Give you time. I'm going to give you more time than you. Your time's going to become more productive than it ever has. You'll have the same 24 hours in each day, but it's going to be more productive. It's going to multiply more. You're going to get more done. Get ready for reward. Let me ask you a question. If he lied in Luke 6, 38, how can you trust him in John 3, 16? And the Lord is saying, tell him to get any of that residual traditional concept that God doesn't want to reward them. And he said, I am coming and my reward is with me. And that doesn't mean just in heaven, we, Brother Mike, I want pie in the sky. God's got some pie now. He wants to give you in opportunity, in relationship, in productivity, in increase, in joy, in the fruit of the Spirit, in your finances, in your marriage. His reward is with Him. And if you'll believe to receive, you can have that reward. Where are we? The Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arm will rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. I want you to go down. Oh, just stay there. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. Daniel, you led us in that today. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. Don't you love Psalm 23? Solid rock, he's going to feed you like a shepherd. He's going to feed you like a shepherd, and he's going to lead you like a shepherd. And I was having trouble. <laughs> I thought, Lord, I hope people don't think I don't know the 23rd Psalm. Because while I was saying it, I've studied it in some transliterations that I've studied. And I love it. Here's what it says. I don't have time to teach all this. But the Lord is my caretaker and my responsible feeding one. He leads, he maketh me to lie down in green, growing, fertile pastures of abundant provision. He leads me beside the waters that are quiet. When I fall upside down, he sets me right side up. And you got to understand what that meant. David was a shepherd. And in the Old Testament, if you had a good shepherd and you ate so much grass and drank so much water, you'd become a fat sheep. And the sheep would get so fat, they would cast themselves. And a cast sheep, well, let me explain it to you this way. They're the original, I have fallen and I can't get up. It's like a turtle when it gets over on, on its back and it can't get up. And these fat sheep would get over on their back, can't get up. And David said, he restoreth my soul. Meaning when I get cast, when I get <laughs> wrong side up. He sets me right side up. And I love it when it gets down this and he says, you prepare a banqueting table before me right in the face of my enemies. And I believe the Lord's getting ready to do that. I think the Lord spoke that to you when Daniel was quoting that. Don't worry, folks. We ain't going to get to the end of Isaiah 40 in a few minutes. But just receive what the Lord is saying. 
Just receive. This is different. No PowerPoints. We're just flowing with what the Lord. He, uh, oh, I know he's prepared a banquet table in the face of your enemies. You know what that means? You got in his face. Come on. You know what that means? Right in your face. Right in your face. Cancer, right in your face. I have a banqueting table. Loss, right in your face. Come on, some of you need to stir up Butch the Rottweiler in your spirit again right now. Right in your face. When the enemy is coming in, God says, I'm going to prepare a banqueting table right in your face. And it literally says this. Surely, goodness and covenant-keeping love, Hebrew says this, are chasing after me with the intent of surrounding me, capturing me, and holding on to me every day I live until I transfer to the permanent dwelling of the house of my Lord forever. And the Lord says, Solid Rock, I'm going to feed you like that shepherd. I'm going to gather the lambs in my arms. I decree that there is coming a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the children of Solid Rock. Come on, parents, agree with that. Upon the little children, upon the babes in arms, upon the teenagers. In fact, I want to say this to you, that children are going to be the door into the hearts of adults. You, evangelism to children will be something this church experiences in a new way. In a new way. And son, there are people here that will work in that, and there are other people coming. Come on, get in agreement with this. There are other people going to come, and they're going to have a burden for children. And your children, there will be, people, there will be children that are five and six and seven years old that will be standing up here in front of prayer lines and have to be held up or reach up, or adults will have to kneel down and children will lay hands on them, and the healing power of God will flow through those children. He says, I will carry. Listen, I don't know if you realize it, but the king has sent an envoy to speak into the future of your church. And not just the church corporately, but you individually as well. He said, I, I, I'm going to gather the little children, the lambs in my arms. I'm going to carry them in my bosom. I'm going to gently lead those that are with young and then the Lord starts bragging. Come on. How many know it is legitimate for God to brag? Let's do him brag. He says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? And who has meted out the heavens with the span? And who can comprehend the dust of the earth in a measure? And weigh the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? You got to understand, you got to get a picture of this. He says, I'm your father, solid rock. And if you want to know how big I am, here's how big I am. I can take one hand, reach down on the earth, and scoop up all the oceans, rivers, lakes, streams, and the water you left in your sink. And I can hold it in one hand without a drop going out. And he said, I can tell you exactly how much is in it. He said, I measure the waters in the hollow of one hand. And he said, well, I'm doing that 
I can hold up the span of my other hand. The span means between the thumb and the little finger. He said, well, I'm casually holding the waters of the world here. I can measure between my thumb and my little finger a billion times a billion solar systems. And he said, I not only can see them through one hand, but I call them all by name. And Hebrews 1 says, I put them where they are, and it says in Hebrews, I uphold them by the word of my power. And the original said, come on, we passed salad bar now. Come on, let's chew on this. He said, I put them there. I'm upholding all things by the word of my power. And the original says this, I put them there and said, stay once, and they have. You understand who your father is? You understand who your father is? I tell you, the enemy's against me. (laughs) The enemy? The out-of-work, unemployed, kicked-out, loser angel from heaven is against you? Let's all shake in fear together. Our Father is He who holds the waters in one hand, measures out a billion times a billion solar systems through the other, put them in their orbit, told them to stay once, and they have obeyed Him ever since. Now keep going. Let's jump down to um, let's jump down to verse twenty-one. Still with me? Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning, solid rock? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is your Father that sits upon the circle of the earth. And God knew that before Columbus discovered that. The circle of the earth. Everybody thought it was flat, but if they'd have read the book of Job, Job is the first book ever written in the Bible. I know it's Genesis, Exodus a little bit, but chronologically, Job is the oldest. And he talks about sitting on the circle of the earth. He said, I sit on the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. I stretch out the heavens as a curtain. I spread them out as a tent to dwell in. I bring princes to nothing. I make the judges of the earth as vanity. Look at verse 25. Whom then will you liken me? Or who is my equal, saith the Holy One? And everybody can say out loud, no one. Come on, say it. No one. No one is like our God. No one is equal to our God. No one is capable like our God. No one approaches the power of our God. Lift up your eyes on high. And behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host, all of the solar systems by number. He calls them all by name. By the greatness of his might, for he that is strong in power. Say that phrase. For he that is strong in power. Say it again. For he that is strong in power, not one of them fails. He's talking about the multiplied multitudinous multiplicities of solar systems in the universe. He said, I called them out, and you know how many words it took? Here it is. Light be. That's the big bang. Bang. They were. That's how God created. 
And I know you'll go and you'll hear people say, well, there were noxious gases floating around the solar system. One problem with that, what solar system? Where'd the gases come from? Foolishness, ignorance, stupidity. You don't even need the Word of God. The law of thermodynamics destroys that argument. Oh, now I'm getting into my attorney's clothes. Y'all still here? Why sayest thou, O solid rock, and speakest, O solid rock, that my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? In other words, don't think that the Lord doesn't know what's going on in your life. He knows. He cares. He sees it. He feels. Have you not known? Have you heard that the ever, verse 28, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator, the ends of the earth, doesn't faint. He doesn't get tired. There's no searching of his understanding. Now look at these next three verses. Watch. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth what? Strength. What have we been talking about all weekend? He that has no more energy, no more power to fight, he increases strength. Even the youths, even the young, and the Hebrew in one transliteration of a scholar says this, even the hand-picked athletes will stumble, grow weary, and fall in the race. So what's that mean? Even the strongest in the natural will run out of their own energy. And the young men will utterly fall. But are you ready for this? And most of us know this verse by heart, but I want to give it to you in the next few minutes in a way maybe you've never seen it before. It came alive to me when I did a word study of it a few years ago. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as on wings as of eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and they will not faint. They that wait upon the Lord. Now, when we read that, we see the word wait, and we think that means just wait on time. Wait in time. There are about 11 Hebrew words I am told that are translated wait in the Old Testament. Only one of them means to wait in time, and this one in that one. It's, it means this. The word wait literally means to bind together by twisting. How many, of you, how many of you ladies have ever had long hair and braided your long hair? Anybody here ever braided your long hair? Well, if you braid your long hair, and I don't know how to do it, but, and I'm glad I don't know how to do it. But you take three, three strands and you twist it together and you braid it together and it becomes one. This is what that word in Hebrew means. It literally kind of means this. They that get braided together, twisted together, one translator even said tangled together with the Lord shall, and the King James says renew, but listen to this. Are you ready for a praise break? Watch this. Shall exchange their strength. There is a huge difference between getting my battery recharged and getting his strength put in. 
And the Lord wants to say to solid rock, he doesn't want to renew you. He wants to exchange strength with you. It's the divine exchange. What's that mean? You bring me my sin, I'll give you my grace. You bring me your sickness, I'll give you my healing. You bring me your weakness, I'll give you my strength. And I believe in a few minutes from now, God is going to do a strength exchange in this church. Corporately, collectively, and individually, if you'll believe the rhema word of the living God. Now, I don't know what that does for you, but I don't want my strength renewed anymore. I want to exchange it for his strength. I want to exchange it for his strength. It's kind of like a skinny-legged little guy. <laughs> I've not thought of him in a long time. You remember the guy years ago on TV? What was his name? He was an African-American guy. And he was, he was a little kid, and he was real skinny. Urkel. I thought Urkel along to Urkel. You might remember Urkel. If you don't remember him, Google Urkel after service. And you'll see a picture of him. And he's a little skinny, you know, his legs were about this big around, and little skinny arms. A nice guy, I mean, funny guy. I think he's grown up now, and he may even be comedy now. I don't know. But he's this little skinny kid, Urkel. And everybody made fun of his skinny legs. He'd wear shorts and, you know, it looked like toothpicks walking around. Little skinny arms. I want you to get that. I've never said this, I don't think, in my life. I want you to get a picture of Urkel and Schwarzenegger. <laughs> the Lord isn't mad that we use these illustrations because they're just coming to me right now. Urkel. Skinny legs. Bony legs, no bicep, no tricep, nice guy, no strength. Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. <laughs> Pectoral muscles, trapezoid muscles, you know, tricep muscles. You know, have you seen those those muscle building contests where they come out and they strut, you know, and they've got oil all over you know, like this and like that. And we're not filming this, are we? Is anybody? If you're not periscoping, are you? <laughs> and uh, and you know, and then and then this pose, and then they do that this back thing, you know, they turn around, they do this this back thing, and the muscles. And I just got that picture of it when I got to that phrase. They that get wound up, braided together, tangled up with what the Lord is doing will exchange your little skinny leg, no bicep, no tricep, no trapezoid, no six-pack, not even a two-pack. <laughs> will exchange your Urkel strength in the spiritual realm for Come on, if I can do all this, you can learn. I'm trying to give you get a picture of it. I'm not talking about in the physical, although the Lord can do that too. I'm talking about in the spiritual, in the relationship, in the opportunity, in your finances, in your marriages. God is getting ready. He doesn't want to. Urkel runs out of strength here. And he comes back and he says, Lord, 
please help my skinny legs to recover again. And the Lord says, oh, no, 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 Oracle. I'm going to make you into Arnold. And I'm getting a whole revelation of Urkel and Arnold. He said, I don't want to renew your strength. I want to exchange my strength for your weakness. That's what Paul meant when he said this. When I am Urkel weak, then I am Arnold strong. Anybody getting a hold of this? Are we recording this? Because this is so good, I want to hear it again from me. The Lord's speaking to us some things. Because I don't know about you, but there are times in my schedule and going around the world, and I'll just be frank with you because I'm tired of plastic preachers preaching plastic sermons to plastic people acting like we don't ever feel what you feel. There are times when I feel like Urkel. If I have to get on another plane, if I have to go to another hotel, I'm t I preach five hours today, Lord, and they want me to preach two hours tonight, and then they want me to lay hands on 400 people after I preach. And, Lord, I'm just in a physical body, and I'm just I'm tired. I'm worn. And, 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 and I, oh, Lord, renew my strength. And the Lord reminded me several months ago, he said, that's not what that Scripture really means. It can mean a renewal, but it means more a divine exchange. And he says, I don't want to just keep trying to pump up your little skinny legs. I want to fill you with my strength. Come on, somebody. And that is a prophetic word, I believe, for this church collectively and individually. And what's the result? And I'm going to close with this. And the Lord reminded me of this early this morning. I woke up about 5 o'clock. And I woke up, and the Lord began to deal with me about go to Isaiah 40, meet me there, and just talk. And I'll tell you what to say to the people. You're an envoy to the people today. And, and he reminded me of this. And I'm going to close with this illustration. You will mount up as on wings as eagles. Now, those of you that have been in my gathering of eagles, conferences, and protégés have been around me, probably have heard me teach a little bit about eagles. But there is one thing I want to tell you about eagles. It's not the bald eagle usually, but the golden eagle. The golden eagle is bigger than a bald eagle. They are massive birds, huge birds of strength. But at least once in their life, and sometimes twice in their life, they begin to diminish in their strength physically. Their feathers begin to fall out one at a time, then two at a time, then three at a time. In fact, there's a video on the Internet about it, four at a time. Their beak, which is huge on a golden eagle, it's massive and it's sharp. It's made for killing and tearing and eating. And the beak starts getting loose, literally shaking on their face. Their talons begin to fall out. The claws that grab prey begin to fall out. They get loose. And eventually it gets where they can't even fly. And some of them will either go high to a nest, or they will go low to a valley. And it's my understanding from experts, and the Lord reminded me of this, and I haven't taught on it in a long time. They said that most of the time they will go low into a valley. Anybody ever felt like that eagle? That you've flown high, that you've done big things, that God has blessed you, that you've fulfilled your assignments and areas, and the Lord has been with you. But you're growing weary. Come on. You're growing weary. 
chemotherapy can make you tired. Walking through hardness of life, and Lord, I, I know I'm an eagle, but boy, it's hard to fly as high as I used to anymore. And it just seems like some of the stuff I've depended on in my wings are falling out. And I, I don't seem to have any strength to tear off the meat of your word even anymore. I just, it seems like my ability to receive even the word is loosened up. And I don't understand it, but I'm flying low. And these eagles will go into a valley. And John, you raised in the wilds of Alaska. We found some of them. In the wilds of Alaska. And these eagles, listen to me, will go into a valley. And they go into what's called their molting period. And their feathers fall out. They actually have a video, and I can't find it anymore, but they have a video of one of these golden eagles waddling up to a rock and hitting his beak on this rock and rubbing his beak on this rock until it falls off. And he looks absolutely pitiful. He can't hardly breathe. And they, they will begin to pluck their feathers out because they can't fly anymore. They will scrape their loose talons on rock until they have no talons. Their beak has fallen off, and they've plucked a bunch of their feathers out. And they're in the valley. Oh, incidentally, one thing that i got to tell you. While they're there, they can't hunt and they can't eat. So do you know what other golden eagles do? The ones that have already molted before know the experience and they go hunt and kill fresh meat and they bring it and drop it into the valley for those that can't hunt for themselves and the church is not a barnyard full of chickens in a chicken coop if one chicken gets wounded the others will peck him to death and there's a lot of churches just that way. I knew that was going to happen to you. Well, if you knew it, why didn't you pray for him before it knew it? Before it happened? No, they want to just show up and peck, 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 peck. I knew there was hidden sin in your life. You're out of the will of God. Your confession was wrong. Well, sometimes I wish the Lord wouldn't make me so visual. I'm doing this, and I'm pecking like a chicken. Paul said, I'll become a fool for Christ's sake if you can be strong. And, he, and that, we are not a barnyard of chickens here. If you get wounded at solid rock, we're not going to peck you to death. We're going to restore you, and we're going to love you. And even if you're not wounded, but you're just weak, you've gone through some things, and you can't fly high anymore, and you're in a valley, and you want to trust God, but it's hard to trust God. Come on, anybody ever been there? You want to you know that God is going to see you through, but you don't know how he's going to see you through. You've quoted all the scripture, and you can't even quote anymore. And you're in the valley, and you can't receive, and you're weak. You know what the rest of us that have been in the valley before are going to do? We're going to get some fresh meat for you. And, we're gonna, and you know what those eagles will even do? They'll chew it up. They chew it up. They mash it up real good because you don't have a beak. You can't chew it up. You can't. And they keep the ones in the valley alive. But the end of the story is this. 
the, the eagle's wings that have fallen out or they have plucked them out begin to grow again. Because David said it is in the valley he restores. It's not on the mountaintop. We all want the mountaintop of glory. But it's when you're in the valley and you've expended all of your strength. Oh, come on, somebody, get a hold of this. And you've expended all your strength and all your energy and all your faith and all of your prayer. And, all, and other people are having to come and drop down truth to you because you can't even find it anymore on your own. But you know what the Lord says? They that get wrapped up with me, they that get braided together with what I'm doing, I'm going to renew or exchange their strength. And you know what's going to happen? Wings are going to start growing. A new beak starts coming out. And, and the experts tell me the beak is one-third longer than it was before. And that the feathers are about one-third longer than they were before. And after the molting is over, and they've exchanged strength because they didn't die. If they'd have kept the beak on, they couldn't have breathed. So they went to the rock. Oh, there's too much to teach here. But they went to the rock, and the rock removed what was no longer beneficial to them. And when it fell off, and some of you feel that way. Some of you feel like this year, some of your hopes have fallen off. Some of the things you were believing in have fallen off. Some of the things you were expecting didn't happen, but I got some good news for you, and that is this. If you'll get involved with what God is doing, the whole key of that, Apostle Nelson, is this. They that get wrapped up and braided together with what the Lord is doing. Don't get caught up in your own problems. Get caught up in what Jesus is doing. Let me say this to you. If you'll get involved with God's dream, God will get involved with your dream. If you'll get involved with God's strength, or you can do the opposite. Get mad, get bitter at him, get upset at him, stay upset at him. Now, all of us have been angry with him at one time or another. So just be happy. That's going to happen. Not me, Brother Mike. I would never get mad at God. The appointment is hereby set. <laughs> there will be a time, whether you say it or not, you'll be thinking, where are you? Come on. You know, I prayed, I tithe, I sow, I'm faithful. Hello. Come on. Where are you? You said, Job felt that way. I look before me, I can't find him. I look behind me, he's not there. I look to the left, I look to the right. Whoa, where are you? And then he started blaming God. You're sticking me full of arrows remembering my past sins. Now, Job is a wonderful story, but his theology is not correct all the way through the book <laughs> at all. God was not sticking him full of arrows because of his past sins. Satan was coming against him and testing him. But at the end of it, when he'd been down in the valley, he finally said, you know, he said, I'm just going to be quiet. He said, I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. I want to say this kindly, but... You can't really, so I'm going to try. Sometimes the best anointing you can get. I'm married to an Italian, you can tell. The best anointing I can get when I'm in the valley is the anointing of shut up on my bigger mouth. 
because, God, you left me here. My beak is wobbly. It's loose. I look bad. I'm a naked eagle. My feathers have fallen out. Come on, I'm describing what some of you walked through this very year. And I don't even want people to see me. And I know I'm supposed to raise my hands to praise God, but there's no feathers on my wings. And I look foolish. And I don't know how I'm going to come out. But they that get wrapped up together with what the Lord is doing. Here's the master key, and I'm going to close. Here's the master key. And I've learned this in my life. When I'm in the valley, instead of complaining and, com- and getting angry at God and staying angry at God, I find out what he's doing in somebody else's life, and I get wrapped up with that. <laughs> I get wrapped up with the Lord. Lord, what are you doing? I'll give this one illustration, and then I'm done. We're going we're gonna to sow, but we're going to pray for strength. How many of you could say, Brother Mike, I've experienced some valleys this year, and I believe the Lord is going to give me an exchange of strength today. If you're that way, just slip your hand up. Here. I'll give you this one illustration. Whoever's going to be on the keyboard, if you'd come and just begin to play quietly. Praise God. I uh, had a Harley Davidson accident, and uh, I'm praying for your strength because we had a long altar service last night, and, and they, uh, she played the piano until her left leg went numb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a word of knowledge at all. But I was, <laughs> it's all right. We're family today. Amen. Watch this. I had a Harley-Davidson motorcycle accident. I loved my Harley. I had a street glide. I was out with my son, Shiloh. He was on his bike. I was on mine. We went around an Ozark Hill curve, and it lost compression, and then it gained compression and surged. And before I could gain control of it again, it surged over a precipice, and I fell about 15 feet. And 15 feet's not a long fall unless you land on boulders. It's not the fall, it's the stop. And it threw me off, and it snapped my arm in two, my forearm in two, knocked me unconscious. I had the best helmet Harley makes, and it split it. That's how hard I hit the rocks. If I hadn't had the helmet on, I'd have bashed my brains all over the rocks. I was laying there, and I've told some of you this before, but the, one of the few times I've seen an angel of God was then. And uh, he didn't have wings, and he wasn't 10 foot tall. He was wearing what looked like a white paramedic's uniform, and he was sitting on my stomach. And he was, I'm not going to do that to her. I'll do it to you. You have insulation. <laughs> and he was doing this. He was doing this. And I thought it was a paramedic at first. And he was doing this, and he was laughing. I think I'm dying. And the guy sent to help me is laughing. And it's like this. <laughs> You'll be okay. You'll be okay. <laughs> and I'm thinking, get, get, put an IV in, man. Don't put it, get off my stomach. Put an IV in. Get me to the hospital. What are you doing? I'm thinking this. And I didn't realize till later when I woke up again in the emergency room, and my son Shiloh was standing there, and I said, boy, son, I said, the Lord was with me. I said, I appreciate the paramedics getting there so soon, but I couldn't understand the one guy had the silver hair that combed back. I guess Apostle Nelson looks angelic. 
He was sitting on, and I said, he was wearing the white paramedic's uniform. And he said, I, I said, why did the guy sit on my stomach and slap me? Was he trying to bring me to? And Shiloh looked at me and laughed. He said, Dad, the paramedics all had blue uniforms on, and there wasn't anybody there with silver hair. And the Lord said, I'll let you see one of them. And I said, why was he late? Come on, you might as well just talk to the Lord. And uh, the Lord knows what he's doing. But long story short, I went to the hospital, and they, they fixed my arm, did surgery, and they gave me some pain medication. And I don't take hardly any medication at all. And I cut the medication in half, and I was taking it. But my system is totally a virgence to that prescription. And in two days... It shut my digestive tract down totally and my urinary system down totally. They rushed me back to the hospital, and I was this far away from major colon surgery. To have, to have, to have a coloscopy bag and all the rest of it, that far away. And I'm laying there in some of the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm saying, Lord, if you don't heal me, I'm going to have, you know, I won't be able to preach for two or three months. I got so much I want to do for your kingdom. Lord, please, I'm in a lot of pain. Father, in Jesus' name, by your stripes, I'm healed. And the Lord speaks to me in my spirit. Watch this. I'm teaching you how to get involved in what he's doing, and then he'll get involved in what you're doing. And the Lord said to me, Pastor Terry in East Tennessee is going through a real problem right now. Call him. And I'm thinking, I got a problem here. I mean, I'm in trouble here, man. I mean, I'm, everything's shut down. I can't do anything. And you want me to call Terry? Yeah, I called Terry. Okay. I picked up my phone. I called him. I didn't tell him, you know, all about it. I just said, hey, Pastor Terry, this is Mike Brown. Uh, the Lord just said for me to call you that you're going through something. And he starts crying on the other end of the phone. And for the next 20 minutes, this is happening, this is happening. I don't know what to do. And I just let him talk. And the Spirit of God gave me some words of wisdom. And I gave him in about 10 minutes words of wisdom from the Lord about the situation. And then I prayed for him. And I prayed fervently for him. And I just said, I didn't tell him. I just said, he said, oh, I feel so much better. And I'm thinking, glad you do. Because I don't. I'm hurting. And I said, well, God bless you, Terry. Love you. Bye. Hung up. I just want to put this as delicately as possible. But I made it to the bathroom. Barely. For days, my digestive tract was locked up. My urinary tract was locked up. He said, Brother Mike, why did the Lord do it that way? Because if you'll get involved with what God is doing for someone else, God will get involved with your need. And I've lived my life by that. Now, I'm done, and I've done what the Lord told me to do today. But I want to say this last thing to you. Those that are tied up... <laughs> Oh, Lord, you're giving me a lot of strange things today. 
tied up, wrapped up, tangled all up with Jesus will exchange their strength. In the southern part of the United States, Nancy Harmon and her choir used to sing this. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up with Jesus. And I used to think, is that theologically correct? <laughs> and then the Lord, I did that word study in Isaiah 40, and it's perfectly correct. They that are wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up with Jesus and what he's doing for somebody else will exchange their strength. Friend, if you can just get your eye off of your own problem, off of your own needs, and understand that you're God's ambassador to the hurting. You're God's envoy to the lost. You're an appointed officer of the king. And if you get tied up with what he's doing in somebody else's life, we were at the gathering of eagles. Well, David, I'm just really trying to sense what, the way God wants me to do what next. And I'm under your authority, and Pastor Nelson, you know that when I'm here. So if I break any kind of protocol, you just tell me, and I'll stop. Because I'm your mentor, but when I'm here, I honor your authority. You better learn from that. I said you better learn from that. Honor the authority of the house. And I'm just trying to sense what he wants me to do. And the way he wants me to do it. But last year at the Gathering of Eagles, and I know I've taken a little longer than maybe we usually do on Sunday morning, but I'm leaving, so will you forgive me? I only get to be with you one Sunday morning a year. And we're going to drive to Vernon, and I'm going to preach there tonight. I'm going to minister to, what, 50 pastors tomorrow at Kelowna. And so I've got a busy, but I, I want to remind you of this. I was together in Eagles, and you guys were there. Some of you were there. And, and I was receiving the seed on Wednesday night. I preached an illustrated sermon, sermon on the Ark of the Covenant. And I was receiving the seed. And I don't know why, Nelson, it turned out this way, but that offering on Wednesday night at the Gathering of Eagles, we didn't plan it, but that offering every year is the biggest one-time seed offering in our ministry every year. We didn't plan it. That's not why we had it. That, it just turned out that way. Just turned out that way. And I was getting ready to receive the seed. And the Spirit of God began to speak to me. And he said, there are those that need this. There are those that need this. There are ministries here that need this. And he'd done some of it before I got to the offering. And then the Lord, I looked down and I saw Pastor Sam Conley. He's my pastor. I don't get to see much because I'm not home on Sundays hardly at all. But I looked down and saw him. And I knew the church needed some financial help. And we had just remodeled an investment condo in Branson that Karen and I had. We'd put new hardwood floors in and we'd put carpet in. And we're getting ready to put it on the market, get a little profit out of it, and we could use some of it for us, some of it for the ministry. And the Spirit of God said, why would you sell something that you're in a position to sow? I said, Lord, what do you mean? He said, the condominium. The church needs it more than you need the profit from it. He said, give it to Pastor Sam to use for the church. 
And it's amazing. I look over at Karen, and it's like, it's not ESP. It's the Spirit of God. And I look over at Karen, and she goes, yeah, whatever. Whatever you want to do. Marry a queen, will you? Any of you single guys, find a queen. And she said, whatever the Lord wants you to do. And I pulled out the key to that condo and brought Sam up. And I said, Pastor Sam, the church needs the profit from this more than we do. And we needed it. <laughs> we could have used it. But I said, the church needs more, and I gave it to him. And you remember, I thought Sam was going to pass out. I mean, he fell over on me and about knocked me down. It, I wasn't even in the spirit. I just fallen under him. And he fell over on me, and he began to sob. And before we were through at Gathering of Eagles that night, we had probably sown more than $50,000 into other ministries. Why do you do that, Mike? I had somebody come to me afterwards and say, why do you do these stupid things? I mean, they like me, but they call me stupid. They said, why do you do these stupid things? Why do you constantly give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away? Don't you know you're 63 years old? You need some things for you. you need, and we're blessed. I'm grateful that we're blessed. God's given us a wonderful home, and I'm grateful for it. I have no complaints. You know, you may have to take off time. You're not as strong as you used to be. Don't you love folk that encourage you in the Lord? Why, you need this for your own ministry. And I just said this. I said, sir, all I know is when I get involved, tied up, tangled up, woven together with what God is doing for somebody else, God gets involved with what he's doing for me. <laughs> he said, boy, Brother Mike, you went broke after that meeting, didn't you? Not at all. It was a phenomenal offering that night that blessed our ministry socks off. And I want to tell you today that Isaiah 40, get that plaque, those verses, do those decrees, but Isaiah 40 is for solid rock in the next year. Beginning now, but all through 2016, all that I've given you today, some of you have been in the valley a long time, but God's getting ready. The beak's growing longer and the feathers are growing longer. And if you'll get involved with what God is doing, he'll get involved with what you need. I want to say this to you, but I feel like, well, praise the Lord first. Come on. Just raise your hands up to heaven and let's give him praise. Come on, right now. As I kind of get the feel of what he wants to do next. Come on, just give him praise. Use your voice. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, I'm so grateful that when I get involved with what you're doing for somebody else, you'll get involved, Lord with what I need. You'll get involved in my weakness. You'll exchange your strength for my weakness. Oh, God, if I'll just not be inward, if I'll look outward, you'll take care of what I can't take care of. Father, I did what you asked me to do, Lord. You just said, meet you at Isaiah 40 and lead the people through it, and I did it. 
And I believe it's a rhema word to move them into a new place. And so, Father, I want your direction of how I'm to pray for the people before we leave, how I'm to pray for them and how I'm to believe God for them individually and corporately in the name of Jesus. Give me direction, Lord. I don't have a plan. I just want to know how you want me to do it. And, sir, I'll do whatever you want me to do in the name of Jesus. Amen.